Welcome back to the Black Roses podcast, and today I'm here with Hopeless. Hello, hello. And today we're going to be talking about a bit of a sore subject. We're going to be talking about anxiety and depression. And yeah, Hopeless, you can take it away. Um, well, I don't know. Where, where, do, you, where do you want me to start, man? Like, there's so much to unpack, honestly. Yeah. Um, just about resources that people could reach out to, uh, and the fact, like, like you said before, we even started recording the fact that it's Suicide Prevention Month, which I didn't even know. So <laughs> that that in itself shows that even people that try to focus on it don't know enough. And I've dealt with anxiety and depression my entire life, and like I just said, I had no idea it was Suicide Prevention Month. <laughs> So when it comes to, like, reaching out to people who need help and how important that is, what what would you say is the easiest and hardest part for people who want to reach out? Um, honestly, there's no easy there's no easy way for it you know it's you got you got to try and most of the time when you have you know anxiety and depression you don't want to so there's no yeah. there's actually no easy part about it but what you can do is find something and everyone says this but you need to find something a hobby you know skateboarding drawing whatever it is and yeah. you just need to stick to it like for me it was like making clothes and music and you know t- uh, the woods i love the woods now you just need to find that one thing through all of the ugly and just, you know, hold on to it for dear life, literally. And for me, like, I've only been making music for a little bit under a year, but I've been kind of tapped into the scene for about three years. So music's been a big part of my teenage life. Mm. Uh, and hockey this i'd say is a hobby before that it's still a a massive hobby of mine that's genuinely the thing that got me through the worst of the worst was finding that time to just escape reality and follow my favorite team and watch hockey and just relax because Mm -hmm. all it takes is that one distraction to bring all of your emotions back to back in place to keep you on the right mindset yes exactly and the the thing about it is like you know a lot of people when they find that thing such as music like a lot of musicians you know they they quit over time um yeah and, you know, that may maybe due to personal reasoning or you know just overwhelming anxiety and depression but even with music like if that's your outlet use it even if you want to quit the quitting part is literally your depression and your, your, you know, your overwhelming feeling telling you to quit. So like mm-hmm. you just, the thing is you just got to push through it no matter like how hard it possibly gets. Yeah. It's so sad too, because like I said, I've been tapped into the scene for about three years and there's people that I've looked up to for so long, mm-hmm. either die young. Like this is a bit of a dark turn that I'm taking. Either die young turn the pills or anything like that. Like occasionally if you're, if you're at a party or whatever, and you're having fun, you do you smoke weed or take something. That's, that's a completely different situation. Totally. But if you're continuously 
counting on drugs to help you get through your emotions. That's, that's where you slipped and fucked up a little bit. Yeah, 100%. And like I said, there's artists that I looked up to that are dying young. And it's it's really unfortunate because in a way it could be prevented. But also it goes down to the people almost that could have helped them or they didn't reach out in time. It doesn't matter. It's a sad situation no matter what. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's uh, and it can you know, you could be the happiest person on the planet. You know, your friend could always just be smiling and goofing off and joking all the time. But you know, most of the time, those are the people you gotta look after because you know they're hiding. Hundred percent. Uh, I had a friend, or I have a friend. Obviously, I'm in college, so I haven't seen them in a while. But mm-hmm. back in middle school, I'm not that public about this, but. It's completely fine to be public about it now due to the topic mm-hmm. where she was always the most happy person in the room. She always she was always smiling, always the center of attention. And it's the little details that people missed was mm-hmm. like the fact that there was days where it was like 90 degrees out. It was like very end of the school year. And she was mm-hmm. wearing long sleeve shirts, and nobody thought anything of it. And yeah. she had that bright smile on her face, like always. And then mm-hmm. she comes to school with a bit of a bruise in the on the back of her arm. No one thinks uh, anything about it. That's that's kind of when it, it came to my attention. Was when I think later that day, over the course of a couple of weeks, she was just not. She wasn't going to school anymore. And people mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, she's got to have pneumonia or something like that." And I I went to her house, and she had cuts all over her arms. She she was cutting, and she was was in her own words, broken from the world. She didn't want to be here anymore. And she's like, no one noticed but you. And it's, it's a sad situation, because people going through it, a lot of the time, they hide their emotions. They hide... The issues and they expect everyone else to be happy so they put on the persona that they're happy to when they're not and yeah it's those happy people like you said that you really need to look out for because mm-hmm. there's usually signs but they're not always they don't always come to mind let alone always you don't want to think that it, it's true yeah totally and like it could it could be the slightest change you know like that person could like stop wearing mascara or stop trimming their nails or mm-hmm. you know just start stop caring about their appearance that kind of thing can is a lot of the time i mean for me i just like stopped caring about my appearance because like why dress up every day but um mm-hmm. a lot of people that's the case of like you know you can start to see the signs is when they st- stop really caring about their appearance and how they look to others because they don't really care about how they look to themselves. Yeah, for sure. The turning point for me and my parents, particularly my parents, because I knew I, there was something wrong with me mentally. Like It was depression. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I wasn't saying anything. And my parents caught on. They, they, I'm, I'm extremely lucky due to the fact I was able to be medicated. Um, mm-hmm. 
by my parents. Not everyone has the financial ability to become medicated because it, it, it's expensive. It really is. Mm-hmm. And a big hassle almost, too. So I'm extremely lucky. There's others that I, I mentioned that were not as lucky. And we lost them young or they turned to addiction. Yeah. It, I, I can wholeheartedly say I would not be here talking to you right now if it weren't for my medication. Yeah, totally. I understand that 100%. Like, I take my medication every single day, and uh, if I miss it, there's symptoms right away. Like, mm-hmm. nothing I can't handle or put on, like I said, a persona. But deep down, I know that I didn't take my pills because I feel like shit. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, the medication, it's, it definitely is a good thing to you i i mean i was on um zoloft for mm-hmm. like a half a I used year to be on that i used to be on zoloft and you know then you understand that like the symptoms of getting on yeah. it off of it and during it are super severe and they like you know they kind of it's almost like a mind control pill it just it points it you in a bad direction but then eventually it kind of you see a little bit of light through that and you can grasp on that light and then yeah. you're kind of good but i I, I mean, medication, I'm all for it, but therapy with like, you know, talking with a therapist, I, mm-hmm. it, it might be different for the person, but I know it never worked for me. And I've been to multiple therapists yeah, and I'm with you I that. think it's a bunch of bullshit because they're just mm-hmm. honestly telling you things that they're telling all their other clients. Yeah. You know, like, I agree. Yeah. There's so no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's no better therapy because there's always that one person that you feel comfortable talking to, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And whether it's a family member, your significant other, a best friend, there's always that one person that you can just vent your shit to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that person in particular for me is my girlfriend. And she, we've only been dating for about a month, but we've been pretty close for about four months. So mm-hmm. within that time, of getting to know each other she she's had to deal with a lot of my shit which in in a way i sometimes feel bad for her because she didn't sign up for it but the fact that she's like comfortable remaining in the relationship and Mm -hmm. reaching out to help me just shows that that one person in particular is so important to vent to because like for me and you therapy did not do shit for me it just they collected the money and they just said the same thing to everyone else yeah exactly but it works for some people i think it's something that i think everybody should try even people (sighs) that have tried it before and it didn't work like i i think that i'm a firm believer that therapy should be paid for by the government and that everyone yeah. should go to it. Most of it should definitely be a free thing you should get, definitely. 100%. And, and yeah. Uh, frick, what was I going to say? It was uh, along the lines of the therapist. Uh, oh, well, I think, like, clients, you know, like the people that are going to this therapist, a lot of the mm-hmm. time they're only doing it because they don't really have anybody else to vent to. So they yeah, see this as an true. option, and they took it. Yeah. And in my case, it was my parents. It was when I was at an all-time low a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. My parents pretty much like made me go. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go. It didn't work. I don't see a therapist anymore. Um, it never worked for me. It doesn't work for my sister, who's 12 and goes through. She does not go through depression, but she goes through pretty bad anxiety. And mm-hmm. she's at the point where there's a lot of change when it comes to puberty and growing and all of the emotion and that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. So she's in a rough patch right now. And there's a lot of anxiety and the pandemic going on, her being young, there's so much. And therapy just doesn't work for her. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So if it goes down to that one person, you you don't have someone to vent to and therapy doesn't work for you. A lot of those people turn to addiction. A lot of them either turn to bad habits. It, it's so easy to get lost just in your own head. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I agree with you on that. And on the 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 girlfriend situation, I I can relate to that one hundred percent. I've uh I've been with my girlfriend for a little over a year, and for the past little over a year, it was probably like two months into us getting together. Um, I started, I got sober. Um, I was I was dealing with some heavy drug problems back then, and. I got sober, and as soon as I got sober, I kind of got a reality check of what was really wrong with me, because when I was doing drugs, I was just, you know, always fucked up, so I didn't, like, you know, I didn't catch that little heart attack I had at the store, I didn't, you know, catch the the sadness I went through because, you know, I was all pumped up on coke or something, so mm-hmm. once I got sober, I kind of had that reality check of what was wrong with me, but I still haven't really figured it out, but the doctors and everyone have told me that it's due to like a severe anxiety and depression and panic disorder kind of situation. And so with my girlfriend, she has, I haven't worked in over a year because of this. Um, because mm-hmm. I just, I can't build up the courage to walk into a job and have an interview. I'll just freak out. And she has stuck with me. She's worked her ass off at a job like this whole year. So it really is true. As soon as you find that person, they're really good for you and you like you just got to do everything you can to keep that together and like you mentioned before you don't for the people that over time their depression hits and they end up either quitting music or distancing themselves from their Mm -hmm. hobby in general there's gotta be it, that's why I'm such a firm believer that making friends within the scene is so important because Very. once the people get to know you, they know when you're not okay. Exactly. Yeah. And they can reach out and help you get back on your shit because uh, there's a friend of mine who recently, like, I don't want to say had a mental breakdown because that might sound a bit rude, but they also I make music. So. Yeah. And. And they were like, all right, I'm selling all my shit. I'm selling my mic. I'm selling my interface. I'm like, no. You need to... I I sat down with that person for about three hours and completely talked it out with them because they made such an impact for others through their music. And Mm -hmm. I know deep down that they love making music and that this was just their emotions getting the best of them to the point that they were not able to make a rational decision. And because I knew this person would never just quit music, like Mm -hmm. out of the blue, there would be 
like updates because this person reached over a thousand people on SoundCloud, which doesn't sound that big in the eyes of some of the viewers listening right now. But mm-hmm. for our particular scene, that's nuts. Yeah, for sure. That's over a hundred thousand streams. Oh yeah. So for me to hear that, I was like, all right, you're not in the correct mind space to be making a decision like that. In even if you are, we're gonna talk it through to make sure I know you're not making a decision that you're gonna regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a lot of the time it's uh you can't really just like control it you know your mind just i'm set on this and like it just until you have that little click from somebody like you like you know you you talked him out of it until you have that click or you know you calm down a little bit you won't really Mm -hmm. like realize what you're doing until it happens and you're like damn i just sold everything i had why did i do that (laughs) people having panic attacks don't notice that they're having a panic attack even if they notice they don't know how to control it they have to let Mm -hmm. it run its course so that's why i and i'm a bad person like i know i've i want to say i've learned my lesson but i don't want to find out where if i'm feeling a a specific way about something and i jump on social media that's the worst fucking thing ever because when i'm angry i'm sad i'm Mm -hmm. on twitter just fucking worrying the shit out of everyone and i i very much try my best to log out of social media now whenever I'm stressed because I've lost mm-hmm. so many friends by opening my mouth on Twitter or in DMs <laughs> because I was not in the right mind space. And no, I don't want to completely blame it all on that because like I'm, I'm 18. I know how to handle my shit, but mm-hmm. it doesn't help the situation. So I really make an effort to log out of all social medias when I know I'm in an anxious mindset. Yeah, totally. That's uh that's a huge thing, man. That's funny you bring that up. Uh I mean, I I didn't log out of anything because personally I <laughs> I can't remember any of my login shit, but I did turn off all the notifications and turned on like that little thing where you have a certain amount of time on an app during a day. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I make I made the same mistake all the time. Like someone would literally just offend me in the smallest way to be like, You yeah. you're a small artist or something like that. And I would just go to Twitter or something and just put on a full rant and mm-hmm. people would just be like, what's what you're tweaking. No, nah, he tweaking, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely that is a main thing. You should definitely, uh, log out or turn off your notifications or something. Uh, so you don't bring all that negativity to the internet for everyone to see you doing that. You just got to kind of reflect on it and be like, is this rational? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. I won't do it. <laughs> Cause there's a difference between venting to one person particularly like a girlfriend or a friend that that's okay get everything off your chest and that particular person even if you like they know you're in the wrong they will still listen to you and in my case my girlfriend whenever i'm freaking out about something or i'm, I'm mad at someone i explain the whole situation there's been times where she's like you're you're in the wrong here mm-hmm. i i want to support you I, I support you always but this situation was brought on by you making it worse. So it, I feel like it's a good, it's good to have someone to put you in your own place. You know what I mean? If you're angry about something and they can flat out tell you you're being stupid, that's super <laughs> it, because 
She she's like that. She's like, if you're wrong, I'm gonna tell you you're wrong because you're yeah. being stupid and you're pushing away the people that actually care. And that's exactly what I did. I pushed away a huge friend group because I was I refused to admit that I was in the wrong and I I didn't want to accept that the shit I said online fucked multiple people up and I said it just because I was angry. Mm-hmm. There's so, a there's a term that I saw in a movie. Uh, I can't honestly remember what movie it was. Oh, actually, it's a show. It's called On My Block. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, real friends call you on your shit. So yeah. that's literally what I live by. I'm like, because I've, as a kid, there's only one person as a friend that stuck with me. Like, everyone mm-hmm. else left. And this friend will literally... I'll be like, what, you like the drip? And I'll like come up and you know, I'll show them the new pants or something. Be like, nah, bro, those look like ass. Even small things like that. You know, that's, that's a real friend calling <laughs> you on your shit. <laughs> I was not expecting that one. <laughs> well, I mean, an example, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's super important to have someone that's I, like, I'm a brutally honest person. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, if someone asks me something or there's a situation, an argument in a voice call or a voice chat, I'm going to flat out be like, yo, you're being stupid or you're <laughs> overreacting. Like, yeah. There are times where that just makes it worse. Well, I mean, you're calling them on their shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm also the person that when I'm in the wrong and someone calls me out for my shit i refuse to fucking admit that i'm in the wrong until like after the situation's over so it just makes me look like a little bitch but yeah you're not alone on that one man (laughs) but back back to what we were talking about before um reaching out to therapy is something i recommend everybody to try if it doesn't work Mm -hmm. for you i recommend finding that one person that actually takes the time out of their day to listen to you because it's yeah. super important to have someone to talk to because for instance like me and tyler said therapy didn't work for either of us but we both tried it mm-hmm. so if you are financially able to do it i i recommend it and if you're not find that one person that you're comfortable venting to because it could end up saving your life and like this may sound like one of the stupidest things ever but when you know when i started going through like you know the puberty years like you know 12 13 whatever Mm -hmm. i didn't have very many people to talk to and vent to but i knew there was something wrong with me so i would talk to my dog all i knew Mm -hmm. is that somebody was listening (laughs) yeah no that's a lot of people can relate to it because when I was, I'd say around probably that age too, that I would, <clears throat> this might be even weirder, but I'd literally talk to myself in the shower. I mean, dude, that's something that you should do on a daily basis. Yeah, and it really, like, even if you feel like nobody's listening, if you're able to almost subconsciously get it through your head that... You need to get something off your chest. The littlest or almost the weirdest ways in some people's eyes could help you the most. Mm-hmm. Totally. And make sure to check out Hopeless down below. And you know I, I thank you for coming on. 
the show again. It was great having you. Thank you. And, yes, it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, a message to everybody. There's help. There is. You just got to find it. <laughs>